hooked up to my mic. So I'm doing this mad professional instead of like oh, just shit. talking into my phone. Okay. Is it it's really early in the morning for you, right? It is six ten AM. Okay. I very much appreciate you waking up that early. Um it's early as fuck, man. You really could have negotiated. <laughs> Well, it's. I felt bad because, like, you've been trying to, well, we've been trying to make this happen for months now, and and I was like, you know what, fuck it, like, whatever time he says, I'm, that's the time I'm gonna do. And then I didn't even like try and negotiate. I was like, 10 p.m. Whatever the fuck time zone. Like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. All right. Okay, and I mean, what time zone are you in? Like, what region? Uh, Australia. Uh, okay, that's uh, sure. Oh, that's because that's why you were at the Melbourne Hacker House, right? Yeah. How was that? It is, it, it was pretty dope. It was like, um, I've never been to a hacker house, so I just wanted to go and see what it was about. And usually they're always like so fucking far away. That never makes any sense to, to go to one. But this one was in my backyard. So I went and it was dope. Um, I think there weren't as many people as other hacker houses, like just anecdotally. But it was still a good vibe. Like got to meet a bunch of different teams, got to speak on stage. Be like semi-anonymous. It was, it was super fucking fun. Yeah, that was. I met, yeah, I met a bunch of like the like drift team um, who turn out like turns out like a bunch of them live in like Australia, and they're the ones who actually got me to uh, really go. This guy called Damo from from Drift. He was like, "Yeah, you should definitely come and like speak at this thing." So I went and spoke at their event, and then after that, they. Like people like my talk, so they told me to come speak at like a university because um, there were some university people there. And then I went and spoke at the university, and I spoke at the actual hacker house itself. And it was just super fucking fun. And like, I'm actually going to the Drift office like later today just to hang out because I just fucking love those guys. That's awesome. So, positive experience for a first time IRL. Hell yeah. But were you? Did you make it to Breakpoint last year? So I made it to NFT NYC last year. And I was also there, like, kind of flying low. Um, this was before Lily was really a thing. I was just drawing, like, sketching the idea for Lily on, like, random pieces of paper at the time. And I was traveling with my girlfriend a bit before that. Okay. And so then we both went to um, NYC. But it was a weird one because it was, like, I wasn't really there for, like, business. I just wanted to see what was going on. Um and like it was fun but like it wasn't like if i was if i was to go to nft NYC now or like if i was to go to like a different like nft type event now it'd be like much different it'd be like you know like lotus fucking gang like we're gonna be throwing parties and shit yeah so breakpoint is what i'm hearing breakpoint amsterdam breakpoint is like one billion million percent happening so i will be there and it will be a fun time Ah, that's going to be, I mean, definitely looking forward to it. I'm hoping I can make it, but it's, what I'm imagining is there are only five days and basically any project you talk to that's like, that exists on Solana right now is telling you that they're going to be doing something at Breakpoint Amsterdam, doing a party. So you kind of have to manage to like grab the attention. If you're on the same day as Clanosaurs, you're fucked. What if, but like, what if like Clanosaurs and our thing was like the same thing? And so it's like some giga party and then like all of Amsterdam gets fucked that would be very cool to be fair people they, they chose amsterdam to get fucked to be fair yeah and they will and not in the way that they expect amsterdam sucks fucking dick when it comes to like 
um, logistics and shit. So I went, I was in Amsterdam like twice and like against my will. One time I was there because I was in like transit. I was like coming from like Colombia or going to Colombia. I don't know what was going on. And then like the other time I was there, uh, I was there visiting for like two days. Both times the fucking airport lost my shit um and everyone was just on strike like they're just always on strike i don't know if they're high or what um so they lost my shit and like when i went to the airport it was like my flight was at like 7 a.m or something and then i got there four hours earlier just to make sure we get on the flight and we still almost missed the flight because again everyone was on strike for whatever reason they're always on strike and the line snaked inside the airport terminal to terminal outside the front fucking door back inside through another door and then came out some other end. And then I was like, I am not going to make my flight. And I almost didn't, but yeah, so that'll be fun. I think everyone's going to lose all their bags when they go to breakpoint. So travel light. Their airport is fucking horrendous. Sucks. I'm taking the train to get there for sure. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I went there once in a plane, it was fine, but, like, I have, I, I know a couple people that live in that area, and the amount of times they've, like, been there and get there, I'm like, oh, there's a fucking queue here, we're fucked, is, like, tremendous, but, plus the Dutch people aren't known for doing strike, that's more of a French thing. I saw like a lot of them speak French, though, so maybe that's the the issue, it's always the French. It, is. it always is, I mean, not to go into current events or anything, but, yeah, so, um, Breakpoint, a Lily event, probably Lotus and Lily and maybe other people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's talk about Lily. How did you, because obviously, like, you create Lotus first, and that was, like, a while back. I remember, I think it was, like, a two-soul mint, which I completely faded. Um, and then and then you go, you create this, like, NFT project. What was the, like, reasoning between, like, creating Lily? What was that process of thinking let's create a new nft new pfp to add it into this whole this whole like ecosystem lotus did you did you say two soul mint it was right i fucking lotus. wish it was a two two soul mint it was like a five soul mint oh shit maybe it's uh, I, I, was, I might have sold i didn't raise yeah. shit man i was like so like lotus the lotus mint was 0.75 when solana was like maybe 120 140 or something so it wasn't like a non-zero amount of money but it wasn't like anywhere near what motherfuckers were raising at the time so it was very much like chill chill shit uh and then we when i say we i mean me so i launched that i was like kind of one man teaming it solo which was the main issue um and very unambitious chill roadmap to start with and it developed like pretty good a pretty good community which is the base the base idea at the time we just wanted to be like like an alpha chat slash how to make money here like as a group like let's just share all the whitelists and stuff like that we got like a bunch of people interested um and had like one of the earliest versions of like alpha hunting um like functional intentional alpha hunting um that was basically copied from monkey dow because the dude who did it for monkey dow who set up the monkey dow alpha hunters was the same guy who set up our Alpha Hunters, which is Ricky. So he liked Lotus, he liked me, and then we were, he was just like, yeah, let's do this thing. And I was like, it was great because we had like such a low entry point and we were getting all the same whitelists as Monkey Dow. 
because anytime he would get a monkey die, he would just get a Lotus as well. Anyway, so we had this really sick, sick community. It was awesome. And like at some point, maybe like just before NFT NYC, maybe like a month or two months before NFT NYC last year, um, I was like, holy shit, man. Like this like community and what we have here is not um, easy to get. Like this is like, this is really awesome. Like what, like, and I'm here every day and I'm seeing other projects like launch and I see them and I'm like, wow, like, you know, I could like, we, we, if I was to do that, I would do it this way. And I was kind of thinking to myself, well, why don't I do it that way? Why don't we make like a really fucking sick, awesome, huge number one project. Um, at the same time, I wanted to have a crack at making like the best profile picture. Cause like, that's just something I was interested in generative media like generative pfps as a, as a medium are really really fucking interesting to me and like it's such a unique challenge to make like thousands of quote unquote unique yet somewhat homogenous characters so you, they, they all look like they're from the same world but they're all unique and there's like rarity like it's a really fun challenge for someone who's into like design um and stuff so i was like i want to have a crack at making the best one and that was just like a personal kind of uh challenge i set myself Combined all that with the fact that to do anything fun and interesting, you need to like have a shitload of funds to hire the best people. Like, you know, I'm not a dev. Um, I didn't have like, uh, or I had like people managing my community who I felt like needed to be compensated better um, for the work that they were doing. Um, and the Lotus, like, you know, treasury was not in, intensely huge. So at that point, I was just like, okay, what do I need to do? to tick all these points i need to like you know make a second collection so i started drawing lily just before nft nyc last year like during nft nyc i was drawing on like post-it notes and stuff to see like what i could come up with afterwards i was just locked in for like six to seven months just drawing every fucking day trying to make the collection a thing um obviously my targets for what i wanted to raise when i first started drawing were way higher than what we ended up raising um obviously after fucking royalties went away ftx exploded luna exploded all that thing all that stuff happened like during the time that i was setting up to do this and we ended up launching at like the absolute fucking bottom um so it was a really fun journey fun used very loosely there um but it was a journey nonetheless yeah i mean it's it, you took a lot of time to do it because you did all of the art yourself right yep that's yep. insane uh, yeah, I know it is. It definitely is insane. And like in hindsight, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck was I thinking? I completely went like hermit mode to get that shit done. It was worth it, was worth it I think. I think a lot of people say nice things about the art, which warms my heart. So, you know, it's great. Uh, it's really cool. I'm looking forward to the transmogrifier. I don't exactly know how it's going to work, but there's a lily that I have, and I just want to change the hair color, and then I'm probably going to PFP it. Well, I got some good news Sweet for you, bro. buddy. You're you're gonna be able oh, to yeah. do that if you're quick. <laughs> if you're quick with it. Hmm. Quick with it. Okay, I'll have to keep my eye on that then. Well, but, it's like so... with, with PFPs and shit, right? With with any of this stuff, you can have an idea that's interesting, and then you have to. If you're like, I think if if you're a founder who who wants to, you know, obviously increase floor prices and keep things fun, and you realize that price go up is the ultimate utility and headline. You can't just release like a feature. You need to make it into a game of some sort that is designed for prices to go up in a way. Like, so 
even like when I first came up with the, I guess, transformation idea, I was like, okay, we can make it like this. And you just like, you know, just pay like a small fee to transform and that's it. But I was like, that is lame. So I was like, all right, but what if we turned it into like an airdrop, right? And that had like a really good effect on getting people's attention and, and working. And I was like, okay, but like, how do we make this airdrop worth anything? How do we make this airdrop kind of go up in like value? Um, and so we designed a whole other system that is required uh, to to make those airdrops like, you know, valuable, more valuable as time goes on. And then as people catch on, then it just becomes like this crazy effect. And then when when something that's been airdropped to a bunch of people goes up in value, then the underlying asset that gave them that airdrop, you would assume would also go up in value. So it's a fun little experiment and like a, an angle that I think you have to be thinking of when you come up with anything. Like you can't just be like, oh, but I'm building. Like I'm building so much in this space in Web3. Like I'm building every day. So we have like, why aren't people buying my cartoons? You have to actually like create that i guess environment for that to happen yeah the word is overused but it's it's what people refer to as like the attention economy right you always have to keep people on their toes mm -hmm. how do you like how did you go about creating the mechanism because i'm gonna i'm gonna go on like a, a jump and expect that it's fairly new and that it's not something that's been done before how did you kind of go into that process of not only finding something that was interesting and fun to do but something that wasn't, you know, stake for coin, use coin for art upgrade? Uh, well, it was, it was almost like working backwards. So we had an idea of like what we wanted the customization to be. We had our own constraints, like, okay, we need to customize. It needs to not affect, it needs to not affect rarity. Um, how far can we push that with customization without affecting rarity? What are the ways in which people could, um, I guess, like, earn their way up to, to doing this or like, you know, buy their way into doing this. And obviously they want to do a token, didn't want to just have like a stake thing. So we came up with this NFT. And when I suggested this idea to like our partners at Raindrops, they were like, they kind of laughed and they were like, why the hell would you make an NFT? Like this makes no fucking sense. They're all the same. Like this is like, this should be a token or they should be like an SFT or some shit. And I'm like, no, trust me, bro. Like this, this is the way to do it. And it was like a big argument because they, <laughs> they were like, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> like, but like, it makes sense to me. And I'm like, let's make these NFTs. Let's fucking do this. Um, and trust me, it'll be fun. And so, yeah, it was just working backwards. It was like, okay, so this is what we, we want to do. And then how do we make this a game? And how, if I was a holder, like what are the choices that you can offer this holder? Like you either sell it or you use it or you accumulate it. And you synthesize it into something else. And then I think the things, yeah, basically the way I'm thinking about this drop is how quickly can I make the supply of these droplets go towards zero? And to do that, you need to make them, you know, burn to use. And then the things that you burn them for need to be interesting and attractive enough for you to want to burn them to do so. So the way I think it will go, and obviously this is all just an experiment. I've never fucking done this before. I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But it's kind of like the way we set it up is that you will be able to see like the total supply of like droplets like at all times when you're like doing this transmogrification shit and you should hopefully see that it's just fucking going down um, at like live at, at all points. And so you'll be faced with a choice like, well, do I want to customize my lilies as soon as possible? Or 
given that there are more hectic customizations coming through soon, do I want to actually hoard and accumulate this limited resource that's being like burned through? Um, and kind of based on what rate people are burning through them, like maybe people like are fucking absolutely chomping down and then like the supply getting smacked, then that'll affect how many droplets I think you will need for the next iteration. Then if like no one's using them, then I'll be like, all right, fine. Like it'll cost like this many to do like the next thing. So my goal is basically to make these like as like trend to zero in terms of supply as quickly as possible. So it's like, I think it'll be fine. I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever been done in that specific way before. Um, also the actual customization itself, I definitely think have never been done before, like at all. Um, I kind of got into like a mini argument with this like collection um, when I first kind of started talking about this, they were like, they were just subtweeting me. They were like, oh, like we released trait swapping like months ago and it's like, uh, we did it ourselves. We didn't have to ask like Boots or anything to do it. And it was obviously like, they'll piss off at me because they're like, we didn't, we didn't need you to pay royalties. We just gave this for free because we're builders. Like we're web three as fuck. And, I was, and their trait swap was like, like the NFT was like, like, it was really simple, like, the, their, their, their cartoon. It was, like, a fucking stick man. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, a literal fucking stick man. And they just kind of made new traits. And I don't even fucking know how they um, did it. But it was nowhere near the same, I think, level of complexity as this. It was fun. Struggling to not shit talk them too bad in case they stumble on the recording. I don't fuck uh, them. Man. I don't fuck them. Like, I straight, I'll, I'll talk shit if, like, you know, if if anyone asks to be honest like it won't take much for me to like completely gutter stomp these guys but um yeah i'm just trying to be you know civil yeah fair enough um like about the lily art right was there because i think some people have drawn parallels between the lily art and azuki mostly like from the auras and kind of somewhat of the vibe right Mm -hmm. but was there any other inspiration because like the way I remember it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I was wrong about mint price. When you minted Lotus, there was a strong amount of inspiration that was from Punjabi culture, right? I remember you wrote a thread on that. Mm-hmm. And um, like, did that translate into lilies? Was there? I mean, it obviously did, but you know, what was the inspiration basically? Yeah. So, like, inspiration in terms of mechanics was heavily, 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 heavily inspired by Zuki, and it shows if you kind of get through the collection, you see like tight like classes of trait are very like in, in terms of like hands holding stuff like auras um you know like the hairs and the the hats so azuki is probably the collection i spent the longest time staring at trying to figure out how the fuck they did it and it was really fun to reverse engineer how they did it and the idea for me was like let me take this concept and try to push it and turn it into like a different art style like my own art style and like, you know, that's where I was like, okay, I definitely want the person facing forward. I don't want them facing the side, which is a whole other thing. Um, but at the same time, I need like the torso to face the side to have room so that there can be a hand holding something if there's like a fucking buster sword or whatever. So it's like a, it's like a unique pose to start with. People are so confused. They're just like, where the fuck is the left shoulder? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, bro, like the, the torso is just turned. Like, just turn your torso in a mirror and see where your shoulder goes. Like, you can't always see your shoulder. Like, it's anyways so um unique position this is just from like a layout perspective 
And um, I was like, yeah, staring at Azuki because what Azuki does really well, and if you look at their collection really closely, it's like it's the same same thing. It's like they have X amount of hair and they have X amount of hats, and most of, if not all, the hats go with every single type of hair, which go with every single type of like character. Um, and then some of them have hair, hat, and a hoodie, and the hoodie might be up sometimes, and sometimes it's down. If the hoodie is up, and they have a hat. And they have a certain hair. That's three different traits that somehow work together, um, which is like people just don't do that. Like the other, what people do is like they'll just have body, and then they'll have head, and then they'll have clothing, and it's like maybe like five, six, or seven different things, and they're all drawn and just like there's no like they don't have to really get into the nitty gritty of like okay, like we need to make sure that this piece of hair goes with every fucking hat, which is like a whole other like operation and limitation. Um, and then if you can make it work, you end up with a very interesting collection where each one looks like a real character and like it is very distinct um, with very little overlap. So yeah, Azuki did it really well. I stared at it for ages and I was like, how can I push this and turn this into something? Um, but in terms of inspiration of like, traits i definitely wanted there to be like representation from around the world so like an example is i was asking on spaces like hey is anyone here from like you know any african country and do you guys have like a particular garb or something that is interesting and this guy daramola you guys know probably maybe he was like yeah there's like a yeah in nigeria we call this thing like a like a agbada i don't know how to say it properly i probably butchered that but it's like this robe type thing. And he was like, yeah, like we call it like 1500 over here for whatever reason. I forgot the reason, which was bullshit because since then I've never seen anyone say 1500, but that's why there's 1500 in the collection right? because of him. And he was like, yeah, this would be sick. Put it in there, bro. And I thought a single Nigerian person ever has been like, yo, that's dope that you called it that because like no one apparently like, I don't fucking know. I got scammed. But yeah, like differently, you know, like key pals or however the fuck you say it, cheap pals, like just like different clothes from different parts of the world. So in Lotus, I had like a bunch of turbans, I had like saris, I had like, you know, some represent like Korean hat gats, I think they're called. And I wanted like the same thing here where it's like, if you see it, because like, it was really cool for me. Like I was like, what would be cool for me? Like if I was just browsing Twitter and I saw someone with a profile picture and they had a fucking turban that was like, you know, respectfully intentionally drawn i would be like that's fucking sick and like i want to support this so i was like well how do i recreate that for cultures around the world or even hobbies around the world so in all the hand trades i have like there was like a surfboard at one point which i got rid of because it made no sense um but like chess pieces cricket balls um you know different types of like hobbies that you might expect just so there's something in there for everyone And the inspiration, I'm I'm seeing someone, I'm seeing Kenyatta with, uh, I don't know if you see Kenyatta in the audience with the helmet and the mm. arrow. Mm. Is that arrow from Avatar? Uh, kind of, sort of, not really. It's more just like I needed oh. to show. So that's the, that's the bull met. And so I wanted that one to have some, like, okay, so it's a bull. And what the bulls want, they want the price to go up. So the arrow goes up. And then there's like a bear met as well. And then it has... A similar arrow but the arrow goes down so it's just like kind of using, oh, using the language to tell the story like the shape language i had never realized that that's fucking lit okay uh, <laughs> that's really cool so 
did you have like is your background already in art or was this completely self-taught on your own time and you went and created this like self-taught own time uh basically wanted to so i've always done like art as a hobby on the side um and a couple of years ago i wanted to really get good at it so i've been lucky enough to be able to experiment with a bunch of different skills um because i think i've just been obsessed with like fuck maybe i can do that let me try that so like right now on my desk i have a fucking dj controller next to my like drawing books next to my <laughs> um uh i don't even know like drawing tablet and then there's like a fucking camera on at the base next to my table because i had to like shoot one of my sister's wedding event so i've been like a bit of a renaissance man in the, in the sense of like i love experimenting with different skills and it got really crazy at one point and i was like fuck i need to pick one thing and get really good at it if i want to like you know do anything meaningful so i chose drawing because i just love it and i love bringing what's in my brain onto like paper so i decided to draw every single day to get better like as a as a mechanic a mechanism to, to improve so it was like two years maybe before i actually found nfts i decided to do this and i was just drawing 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 every day like i had to draw on a post note here there whatever and my skills got much 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 better so my normal sketches improved to the point where i got bored and so i was like okay let me add some colors um and so then my color theory got better and yeah, so everything kind of aligned very nicely when it came time to actually create um, Lotus and Lily. So even though I was making Lotus, I was still drawing in the background, just having fun and my skills were improving a lot. And so like it became way more feasible to create something like Lily just because I kept that, like, you know, kept trying to improve the skill. And even between the time that I started Lily and now, like I feel like I've leveled up even more just given the sheer volume of drawing required to create what Lily is. Um, just forces you to improve so yeah it's definitely a hobby like a hobby that's kind of taken over my life but now i can i think safely say i'm a professional artist because i do like commissions and stuff um but it's really funny how i got here like there's a i'm not yeah i'm not an artist by trade i was like a fucking accountant of all things i don't even fucking know shit about accounting in hindsight and yet i'm like a certified chartered accountant um somehow and then i worked in like construction for a bit and just kind of bouncing around nothing really interesting to me but then yeah nfts tweeting all day getting paid to essentially be creative like you get paid to be as creative as possible like you know people like i just make stupid fucking videos i make stupid fucking artwork i just tweet stupid stuff all day but what it essentially is is just i get to make a living being creative and you know playing with attention it's it's fun it's super unique i'm super grateful to be in this position yeah that's a kind of a crazy journey have you has this always been on australia if you're like okay with answering that question obviously like have i always lived in australia yeah yeah okay awesome i lived um, in the uk for a small stint at some point fucking hated it shout out ceylon um to say if, if he was in the same country as he was must have been horrifying yeah it was tough but it was good it was a good learning experience of like what i don't want in a country that i live in Ceylon. um so when you created lotus right so it's a great chance to like use your creativity and everything what was the did you have any reason behind it aside from just wanting to like have fun and creating this artistic thing uh with lotus specifically it was I I was making a shitload of money trading NFTs every day. And the thing that actually pushed me over the edge to make something myself, funnily enough, was 
fucking soul bears and this sounds really bad but like i can explain soul bears came in with their mid ass um bear art and they raised like 13 million dollars or something for what i thought was jack shit then they obviously refunded everyone because that 13 million was an oversubscription and then they rugged the next day um which is a crazy crazy chronicle I was extra pissed off because I minted rank 13, which was then retrofitted to rank nine. Um, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like I'm going to be a billionaire because, you know, obviously soul bear is going to be the new board ape. And then they, <laughs> they fucking rugged. And so I was sitting there like scratching my head, like these guys just raised this much money for fucking nothing. Like surely I could raise a fraction of that for something. And then I was like, well, what could that something be? And I was like, what would make, like, what is worth making? And I was like, well, I feel like I'm decent enough at art. I feel like a lot of these profile pictures suck donkey ball sack. What if I made a really good profile picture? Like something that could be like the punks of Solana. That was the original idea in my head. I wanted to make the punks of Solana and I wanted it to be super exclusive. And I had this vision that, it would be this like group of like humanoid profile pictures that are way better drawn than CryptoPunks. And they have these like traits like turbans and stuff like that. So, you know, I've never seen that before. And then, you know, people in Canada, the UK, the States, whatever, who are trying to get into crypto would see these 2D pixel characters and they have all these unique traits and they're so fucking cool. And it just becomes like this super exclusive club and it'd be fucking mad. That, that was kind of what I was like wanting to make. And I was like, well, why not? Why not just have a crack at doing that? Like, let's just try and make a community of alpha hunters and stuff like that. And at the time I was releasing just for fun because I was making so much money trading NFTs. I was releasing like fucking Google Sheets on how to like track profit, how to, um, you know, scrape different websites for prices and shit coins and stuff like that. How to make sure your OPSEC is good. Because at, at that time it was really new. And like a lot of the basic no shit information that we take for granted now, it, it really wasn't that um, common, like just basic stuff. Like how do you tell something's a scam? How do you tell, well, how do you kind of ensure that you, you don't get drained every other second? It was like pure wild west. A lot of the apps weren't that like streamlined and shit like they are now. Um, so I was just trying to share a lot of information to help other people make as much money as I was at that time trading fucking cartoons. And it felt really intuitive to me. And I thought it was just because I was lucky enough to follow the right people. So all these things combined was like, well, let's get the right people in one place. Let's have this sick profile picture and let's make a fuckload of money doing it. That was the basic plan of how Lotus came to be. Yeah, okay. And so you create all of this it works really well and then you have the community that farms and like let's let's build something out of it right but so yeah. at this point you're full-time web3 right yeah yeah so it was a weird conversation with like because i was working in like a family business at the time to be like hey guys like i don't want to do this anymore like i'm making a lot of money just trading cartoons and they didn't get it but i was like just trust me let me go do this um and honestly i'm just like a competitive person i just got sick of seeing a bunch of other people like do interesting but like kind of unnotable unremarkable stuff with their collections and their massive treasuries i'm like fuck yeah i could do that i can do that way better like it obviously like true or not true whatever but it was honestly just like a competitive thing i was just like i'm here every day 
trading NFTs. I see all these NFT projects doing all this like shit. And I'm like, if only they did this. So they should just do this and it'd fucking pop off. I was like, well, fuck it. Why am I saying this? Why don't I just do it? Like, you know, I feel like people can complain all day, um, but they don't do shit, right? Like they don't, they just tell projects what to do, but they don't have a project or like anything that's successful. So I was like, look, if I'm going to be sitting here thinking to myself, I would do it this way or they should just do this. I should just fucking do it. Um, and so then like, you know, Lily was like, all right, let's take this to the next level. You know what I mean? Like, let's fucking, let's fucking crank this shit. Okay, and so at this point, where Lotus, the purpose was like making money, make the community, make a cool PFP. What's the purpose? Like, what drives you to continue with Lily and have that be fun? Just wanted, just just wanted to be the number one collection, like ever. I'm like, well, what is that like? It's kind of like a test of my own understanding of this industry and my ability, right? It's like, let's test my theory of what I think works with profile pictures. Um, and see if I can do it. And like, if I'm like in this arena full time, I just have this like drive to want to be the, like on top and like make this make this group of people like really successful and make them a lot of money, and then have it so that all these people who've bought this thing that I made um, together, like in working with me, can just turn it into like something awesome. And then, yeah, it's just like I'm just too far gone. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm in this now. Like, <laughs> let's just try and take it all the way. You know what I mean? Okay, so. All the way to number one. Yeah. So the, the first goal was very unambitious. Like, let's just do this. And it was a very short roadmap, if you could even call it that. And the second one was much more, much more blue sky. Like, all right, let's fucking, let's fucking do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That's, it wasn't, so for you, it wasn't much of a jump to move into a role of like creating this and being full-time Web3 and all the NFTs and JPEGs, right? Yeah, no, it was. It was very natural. It was just, it It was like, it just, it was an opportunity cost at that point where, like, I'd be at work, like, on, on site, picking up fucking bricks or whatever, like, cleaning up a work site after we finished making a house. And I'm just like, this is a waste of my fucking time because I just missed, like, a 5x on some shit coin. Uh, or, like, I just, I'm not, like, I, I, I missed a mint and wasn't able to sell the top. And, like, why the hell am I standing here? installing a fucking toilet for someone and they're just like you know stressing about the design of their fucking toilet and i don't give a fuck i was like i don't give a shit about you or your fucking toilet now this like visceral realization that i'm like unhappy with this role that i'm way more happy sitting at home just chatting chatting to my friends chatting to ceylon on spaces and hanging out so i was like let's just fucking do it like it's just it just wasn't in like most unarrogant way like it just wasn't worth my time to be doing anything else um so it was a natural progression into just doing this all the time and this was still when load it was just lotus it was just lotus and trading i was like let's just do this full time was there a defining moment that was like where you really switched or like well fuck this or was it very smooth oh i was i was always in like a fuck this state with like construction i did not fucking like that industry um and if I keep talking, like I'd probably offend a lot of people who might work in the construction industry. But I think the the moment was literally like, so we were building like residential residential houses for clients, and yeah, this this bitch was just like stressing over like the toilet that she wanted installed, 
and I had to stand there, listen to her, like, mull over the difference in these two toilets, which to me were, like, the fucking same. And I straight up, like, looked into the camera. You know what I mean? Like, it was like a, the office moment. <laughs> I was like, right, like, I, I don't fucking need this. I don't need to be doing this. I didn't fucking study this hard, get all these skills, like, to stand here and listen to this fat bitch talk about her fucking toilet. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, fuck that. that. I think I can trace back. That was the moment, like, I became Heisenberg. You know what I mean? Like, that was the moment I was like, fuck, fuck it. I'm going full cartoon. Breaking bad into JPEGs. Legit. The I full like, arc. I, I broke bad at that point. I was like, let's make meth. Was there a point where, like, on the opposite side where you were back into JPEGs and were like, this is the best decision of my life? Like, a, or something along those lines of, like, a, this is fucking awesome, a high kind of thing? I feel a lot of highs. I feel a lot of highs a lot of the time, which is obviously why I keep doing it. And, but what actually what is less talked about, I think, is, like, some really devastating lows. And it kind of, like, consumed my life. So, like, when, when I kind of made... When I made Lotus, I was probably the best I've ever been mentally. And I think that's why Lotus was a success and, and where it came from was so like pure was because I was having a great fucking time. I think it was like just COVID, post-COVID, during COVID, whatever the fuck. Um, I was training hard. I was like boxing. I was like running, sprinting, having a good time, chilling with like my girl, chilling with friends. It was like a really good time for me mentally. And like that's where like, you know, Donda was coming out from like Kanye Everything was looking up. It was like a good time. I was very whole. Um, after that, I kind of became obsessed. And like the only thing I would do and talk about and work on would just be this because, you know, it's like a one man, like army type thing at that point. Um, obviously, I had a team that I eventually got, but I was just obsessed and I became nothing but my work. I was just like a shell of a human, just like waking up and fucking tweeting and doing whatever. Um, and then when you're like that, when you're so obsessed with just your work and nothing else, when things like Luna and FTX happen and like the floor beneath your feet just gets like destroyed. So I was like in Europe at the time trying to have like a, like a, I guess not, not a vacay. I was in Europe trying to just holiday with like the lady and I was still working because Solana had a secret project that they wanted to work on. And I was like drawing PFPs for them on an iPad while traveling on the plane in the hotel everywhere. And it was just like, not good. Like doing this and then checking the charts and seeing like your entire industry explode and you don't have like a backup plan. It was like pretty intense. So, you know, there's, there was, there was like crazy moments of like, what the hell am I doing? Um, Where this is like a very unconventional path, right? Like there's no one to talk to and relate to about this. Like people are going about their day their lives are unaffected by this ex fucking explosion. Like I'm trying to have dinner in fucking Positano and I'm staring at my phone. And then I put my phone away and I'm staring into like, you know, my date's eyes. And all I see is like red candles and like, you know, fucking Doquan's face. It was, <laughs> it was not good. Um and I think I think people really talk about that side of things, but it, you see it because like you see so many people like kind of quit and walk away. Um obviously I'm not doing that. But yeah, I think it's important to bring that stuff up because no one does. And it was, yeah, it was like a unique position. If it's a very, very few people have this career path of like, I guess, being a full-time 
blockchain creator. Um, but it's an interesting place to be, to be sure. Yeah, the, like the vibes of not people IRL not knowing what's going on. You know that meme where there's the one guy in the in, a, in like the corner of room and they're like, he's like, they don't know that Luna just crashed and fucked my whole industry. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. the inverse of that is they don't get the amazing highs either. So yeah, life is risk, right? Like, so I, I'm to to summarize, I'm very very grateful for what I get to do every day. I'm super grateful. I love it. There's awesome highs. And like the other day when like, so I got really lucky because I have really smart friends who tell me when to buy coins. And I bought like a shitload of Bitcoin at like, you know, like 19.5K. And a lot of Ethereum at like 1,300. And like a lot of Solana just by virtue of being here. And they don't get like normal people don't get the highs of like what we just experienced over the last few months. And like, I'm walking around like, you know, on a day that I had like, I had like a side trading account where I fuck around with leverage and like, you know, like it did really well one day because I magically bought like the knife, caught the knife on one trade and people don't get that either. They don't get to be walking around and suddenly be up like mega multiples hanging out. Like they don't know that Bitcoin is like thirty thirty one thousand $31,000. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it all balances out. I think like the highs and the lows of the thrill of being in this, in this breakneck industry. Rain giving you the trading, giving you the trading alpha. Yeah, man. He literally messages. He, he direct messages me like as soon as like something is notable. Notable is happening. Fucking hell. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, that makes me think. So you had the boogle, and I remember you made that buy. That was huge, right? Yeah. Back in the day. So was that like? How was that for you, basically? Man. <laughs> I can't say too much because Ceylon's right here. Hurt his feelings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, so I bought the, uh, the Boogle was a crazy arc. Um, I really wanted to get it. That's how I. Well, I was really good friends with George and Ceylon before that. I watched Boogle's kind of start, and I was like, "Yeah, cool, whatever." I didn't really get it. Then it was like worth twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, "Okay, I kind of get it." Then it was like worth like forty thousand dollars. I'm like, "I really get it." In fact, I really need one of these. And so there was a whole arc where I was at every single auction trying to get one and just pussing out at the last second. And then it just got to a crazy firmer point where I'm like, you know what? I just want to join these guys in this Google thing. And the, the thesis was simple. I was like, there's really impressive people in this group. If I want to be an impressive person, I've got to associate myself with impressive people. Um, and plus, I really just wanted to complete the trio. Honestly, it was kind of a bit rational. I just wanted to complete the trio and have like Ceylon, George, and my PFPs have like little ghosties like hanging out in spaces. It sounds so stupid because it was like a shitload of money, right? Like a fuckload of money. But I justified it to myself. I'm like, well, you know, I like, I believe in Solana. All this. this is my first cycle, by the way. So there was a lot of dumb decisions. I'm not going to say buying the Google was a dumb decision because it was really valuable. I got to, you know, obviously solidify my relationship with Lucilon, Rain, and George and some of my favorite people in this in this particular neck of the woods. So it wasn't a waste, but I, it was well beyond my means, I think. It was very much like a dive in the deep end with like a rock tied to my leg. Um, two rocks, even. Um, and I can't swim. And the water is also lava. So it was like a crazy situation and I did all that and it was super fun and 
probably wouldn't change it because it taught me a very valuable lesson about markets and euphoria and I guess my personal capacity <laughs> for for buying things. Um, and yeah, if I, if, it, if I could have it my way, I'd still have it to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I had to, when it came time to launch Lily, as I said in the beginning of this call, the markets weren't looking too hot. And uh, a lot of what I wanted to raise was not no longer possible. And the questions kind of turned to, well, how much do you want to mint for? To will you even sell out? And will Solana exist next week? That was, uh, people don't remember, but that was like the sentiment at the time that we were launching. Like, does Solana even fucking have a future in the next two weeks? Will the chain stop working? So my goalposts had shifted considerably. And what was super important to me at that time was making sure that my team who had been working with me to make sure that Lily is a success are compensated. So I was like, if I, if there is a possibility that I don't sell out, I need to still pay these people who have supported me. Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, sorry guys. Like, thanks for all the help. Fucking see you later. Like, and just keep my fucking JPEG. Like, I don't think that's, you know, particularly good leadership. So I had to liquidate a lot of my NFTs and I liquidated like a rank 900 D God. Fuck Frank. He didn't even like the, the time that I, like when I sold that was like a day before he starts going on this crazy, t- it was like the literal bottom of like D God's piece of shit. Fucking Frank, fuck him. And I was on a call with him too. And he just conveniently didn't tell me any of this shit. I was telling him, like, hey, I want to sell my D-God. I grab mine. He's like, oh, yeah, bro. Like, bro, don't worry about it. And like, <laughs> fucking the next day, he just goes on this, like, marketing tear across, like, six different accounts on, like, how D-God's going to change the game. I'm like, yeah, fuck you, bro. Um, anyway, so I sold my D-God. Um, I really like that D-God. I sold my Boogle. I obviously really like that Boogle. I have, like, all this Boogle merch. Funnily enough, I have all this Boogle merch that isn't even from the Boogle team because... They can't ship a hoodie. Fuck you, Ceylon, as well. Nice. Um, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm looking at the merch now. And I'm like, I don't even own the, I don't even own the ghost. I'm like, damn, what do I do with this hoodie? Anyway, this is a really long monologue of just look. It was worth it. It was a really good learning experience. Being in that chat was like pretty cool to see how like rich people think. Um, it's not as scary as everyone thinks it is. Like, I think I'm on a very, I'm in a very unique position where I've gone from kind of like a small, uninteresting account to be in a position where people think I'm very like connected and know everything to even being in these rooms, like these closed rooms that 99.99% of people will never see. Like, you know, this uh, Google chat and what a lot of you people that know about this chat called shoe on head. There's a lot of stuff that I've seen. And I like, I can tell you guys right now, like well, half the conspiracies and shit, more than half the conspiracies and shit that you guys come up with. It's just not true. Like everyone's fucking stupid. Um, like really they're just degenerates and no one's pulling strings to like steal your money. That's probably just your fault. Um, from what I've seen, <laughs> um, cause I've been in these chats and I've seen, I've seen what's going on. So I've seen like the full spectrum of what's going on in this, in this place, which has been really fun. Yeah, but the boogles pump and dump. Oh. Yeah, the boogles, man. Like, I'm telling you, the boogles aren't stealing your money. You're just a fucking idiot. Like, and and I, I I've seen it. Like, I've seen you do it. <laughs> and they're idiots too. Trust me, they lose a shitload of money too. A lot of money. Nah, I mean, hey, it's part of the game, right? At the end of the day, 
Yeah. You win some, you lose some. But to be fair, when you have rain hitting you with the trading alpha, I can imagine it goes decently well sometimes. A lot of the time, it's it's quite it's quite good. Every time it's like, every time he does something, and I decide, oh, you know what? He he's probably not even that right. He was definitely right. He is always right. If he says fucking sell, you just sell. I don't care if like, I don't care if Satoshi himself comes out of a cave and says buy Bitcoin. Fuck that. You, if Rain is selling, you sell. Just don't even think like you are not smarter than Rain. No matter what you think at any given point in time, so that's my lesson. That's my like word of wisdom to you guys: is turn on his notifications and just admit to yourself that you don't know jack about shit, and then you'll maybe make some money. On the note of Rain, so he's creating the new Fuddies project, right? I'm sure you've like followed that arc. Sadly, yes. Sadly, right? <laughs> um, looking good, looking bad. What do you think? I don't fucking know. I'm I'm really not anywhere near invo- as involved as like what anyone thinks. Oh, what the hell? Did Solana Monkey Business take my fucking colors too? Fuck it. Anyways, I just saw like a post. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. See the uh, what was I saying? No, yeah. So funny. I actually messaged him. I'm like, dude, you're rich, right? Like, why the fuck are you making? A- <laughs> like, why the fuck what are you doing? Making- <laughs> what are you? Why are you making a project, man? Like, this is like just stressful shit, and. You know, like, you're a smart guy, but, like, I don't know if you draw or anything like that. Like, I don't know if you'd be able to deal with, I guess, the amount of people who expect stuff from you, right? Like, you can't even tweet the way you would normally tweet when you're a founder um, because people would be like, oh, you're tweeting jokes? What what the fuck is funny about this floor price, bro? Like, you can't have a good time. Um, and it, it's just a different thing. It's like, and if you're in a situation where you're, like, really, really, really well off, I was like, why, man? Why are you doing this? So I don't know. I think he's just bored. Like, I, it'll be good. It'll be fine because I don't think he does anything that's, um, he doesn't do stupid things. So it, it's there's obviously a point to it all. I think it'll be fun. There's a bunch of projects launching on Sui actually that'll be very interesting. A lot of them complete and utter cash grabs, and even the team at Mist and Labs like understands that they're a bunch of cash grabs. So they're talking to the more like quality teams as well to trying like t- people that actually want to use the capabilities of sui and do something different rather than just like hey let's make the first ever cartoon on sui and try to be slow monkey business so there's there's some opportunity there i think if rain is interested in sui then you should be interested in sui um again just following off my previous points of you're not smarter than rain um so yeah i guess that's yeah that's my only like thought on that is that i will be checking that out I think the marketing is hilarious, but I really don't have any more insight than that. Fair enough. The marketing has been very fucking funny. Um, I don't know how they came up with that, but it's been hilarious. Apparently they copied Yako. Everyone's copying Yako. Even Mad Lads are. Yeah. It's all a rug. Yako did it first. The Mad Cow. Uh, <laughs> so at this point, What's your, because obviously getting Lily to number one and Lotus on the way as well, what's like, aside from that, what's your outlook long term on, I guess, what you kind of want to create in NFTs and in blockchain and kind of the mark, the impact they're going to leave? Because at the end of the day, like you make it or you don't number one, but odds are 
the space is going to become a bit more specialized, right? And like the PFP thing, and then probably the like whatever DeFi slash NFT five thing, and you know how the gaming things, everything splits together. But so, what's the mark that you leave? What are you trying to achieve that like really sets it apart in its own, not necessarily niche, but its own space? So this is gonna sound super cliche, but I want it. You know what? Honestly, like, I just want it to be the number one crew in. So, if we if we think of like this entire blockchain, quote unquote, Web three space as a world or like an ocean, even, I would like the Lily and Lotus like crew to be like the number one crew that can just go and do whatever the fuck they want anywhere and just be like like this is a really weird wishy-washy way of saying like just wanting to be like fucking on top and like respected and loved by like everyone and people it's a very aspirational group of people i want i want it to feel like if you have a lily pfp it's like oh shit like that person is like legit and the pfp is worth a fuckload of money and they get all the whitelists all the alpha all the fucking everything they can go wherever they want, do as they please. And they're just like the most tank tank group of people. And by tank group of people, I mean like they have, like when you see like, like our top most active holders, they're all like well-respected, um, you know, creatives or creators or traders or um, developers. And they're all kind of doing their own interesting thing with their own interesting goals, but they're all pulling in the same direction in the sense that they're working to make Lily uh, a bigger um, brand and community than anything else. So it's like for anyone who's listening and knows I'm like a massive fan of <laughs> One Piece and people who roll their eyes, it's like a stupid show. <laughs> it but, shows. But that's pretty much the premise of like that show. And like, it's just like, the, you know, the guy Luffy, he goes around collecting, essentially the collecting like teammates and going island to island, like just fucking shit up. And like, and, and that sort of model, like that's when I say like, so you probably know when people join Lily, I say welcome aboard a lot. And like when I'm saying welcome aboard, I see it as like every time like someone cool like buys Lily and like posts about it, I feel like fuck yeah, like one step closer to making this like number one pirate crew basically, right? It's like like we're just gonna be like I it's so lame and it's like the worst sales pitch, but like that's kind of how I think about it in my brain of just like anyone who joins is like one more awesome person on our like fucking crew that just goes around doing whatever we want. And the more skilled people and like interesting people we pick up, the higher our chance of just being that number one in that number one spot. And then, you know, just moves closer and closer to that. And so it's my job to make it as interesting as possible to get the most interesting people to join and inspire them to do interesting things with our IP and our cartoons and, um, everything about lily so i have a bunch of theories that i want to test everything that we do is just like a theory that i'm like we're trying to test as a team um and it's yeah it's just fucking super fun what do you think matters most in creating that group of interesting people or attracting them to lily so it's a lot of luck but what it is, the way I described it at the Hacker House, is it's like a dance between the core team and the community. 
So the community are people who buy into a project and they might not be directly compensated in terms of like salary or payroll, but they are in the community because they want to be, they like the people there, they like spending time in the Discord, they like associating with the brand, they like everyone around. Um, the core team are like, you know, people like me, Chambaz, Kenny, um, CY, Kylie, like people who are actually like day in, day out, like our number one job is working on this thing. And it's a dance between the core team and the community because it's the core team's job to, actually, I'll rewind. All the communities that have got done really well have a common thread, and that is they have like power members in the group who either sweep a lot, post about it a lot, um, or create content tools and interesting things for the rest of the community. So like when board apes were coming up, like people were making fucking custom skateboards, custom clothing lines and all this stuff. And that's kind of what caught on. People are like, oh, that's dope. SMB came up because people in SMB were like, they all had SMB PFPs and they were making the best apps for Solana. Like each like S, like SMB dev was creating some crazy shit. And because there weren't that many communities to rep at the time, like SMB had the highest share of talent. And it was at that point, like the top, collection by far because everyone was contributing to that one group of things right then it got fragmented because these super talented people left made their own stuff and everything went in different directions um but that's why smb did really well the community itself the dow right like was the one creating all this value essentially for fucking free it was nuts and then like you know you see like d gods like yeah d gods have done really well but it's like it's not just Frank. There are people like, you know, JB, Patty Ice, like Sunny Mans, like all these people um, on the D-Gods, in the D-Gods community. Is my mic still working, by the way? Yeah, all good. Yeah. Yeah, all the people in the community are the ones that come in and just become diehard posting about it. Ozzy and a T-Guy jumped outside of a fucking plane um, dressed as a D-God. Like, it's these, it's these community members who are doing awesome stuff that these D gods are lucky to have um, that push the collection forward. However, the second half of that equation is why did they feel convicted to do these things? Why do they feel like they represent this brand and why do they feel like they should push and, you know, make this something is because the core team continues to, you know, deliver or undeliver. It's a hot take, whatever, but they continue to show that they're willing to put the work in and they give the holders something to be excited about. So if you're the core team, the the charge for you, I think, is to create an environment where every single holder feels both proud and excited to want to represent and push for what you are creating and be excited about what you're creating. And if you can do if you can do that, if you can capture attention, be interesting, um, be creative, be unique, have a voice, create like that third place for people to talk and chill and, and, and be themselves and have a good time, then the community will respond and they will come in with like content, fucking memes and like, like getting their friends involved. And they'll be like, dude, like this place is so fun. Just come and hang out here. And then it just snowballs and spirals upwards because the team helps the community, helps the team, helps the community, helps the team, helps the community. And then it's just like one big thing. Um, so I've almost lost track of what the original question was, but like, that's kind of how, what I think like, the job is like for me, I need to make sure that the things that we create are interesting, fun, engaging, and capture attention. I think it's going well. I think it's improving every day. And then hopefully that inspires like holders to be like, fuck yeah, like I'm going to rep the shit out of this profile picture. 
Kaz, Kaz is a listener here. He makes these crazy fucking gifts. And like each one of those gifts fucking helps because that's just like someone he posted somewhere and someone's like, What's this? You know, like when he's like, What is this gift? Like, what's going on? Like Latiko's in in the crowd as well, and, and he does like these custom lilies that are super dope. Even his lily right now is just like custom pandemic hollow mashup, which is fucking sick. Anyone posting about it anywhere is like a massive benefit to the the group and the team. Um and it's awesome that we have these sick fucking community members doing that right now. And like, that's only going to get better and better and better. And it's just going to you know, increase it until it, like it hits like a breaking point. It's going to be fucking sick. So like, you've got all these things that you have to do, right. And then you need to pull off, but like you just mentioned before that you started, you were an accountant, you were built like working construction. How the fuck was the journey of going from that skill set to becoming someone who had literal document like docs on how to build your brand on building a community on doing the art and it's such a radical change of what you were actually doing with your life basically was there like any like huge learnings how did it feel uh, well it's it's sort of like i think it and this i mean this would like no disrespect to anyone and this all seems like common sense to me like this this everything i just said doesn't seem like anything interesting or smart it is i've got everything i just said from pure observation and looking around at what's going on here and i think that's why i made a lot of money trading nfts was because this was super natural for me like identifying everything that i just said picking winners and making money trading NFTs and then being able to test these ideas and, and like have this skill set of, I guess, you know, drawing and, and creating content or whatever. This is all very natural to me, which is, which further reinforced why I needed to quit my job and do this was because I thought I was good at it. When I was working at the banks, like I feel like I'm in a position where like I'm lucky enough that, I can be good at anything, right? If I just try and put my mind to it, I can be okay at anything, maybe even above average because I just have like this drive to to want to do stuff. But I could tell, and I can tell definitely in hindsight, when I was at the bank and doing accounting, like financial analysis, it was against my grain. Like I had to work extra hard just to be slightly above average or or just average at my job. And it was a fucking battle. Like I just couldn't see like other, other analysts could like see stuff. Right. And it'd be like, it's just, Oh, it's just common sense. And like, they would be really good at this analytical stuff. Clearly I am not <laughs> like, it was against my grain to be like pouring through like spreadsheets and, and, you know, doing that stuff to a really good degree. So when I started, like when I ended up in this place, it was, it wasn't work. Like I would wake up super early because I wanted to, um, and I get I got to draw and shit post and just see what works and what doesn't work. And I got pretty decent at it. And like it was just natural. And so it was like, well, this is somewhere that I have a lot of inherent intuitive skill. So and I think when you find something that you have intuitive skill in and you find that it's quite natural, and you find that you end up in a situation where things that are like common sense to you aren't that obvious to other people then you found like your calling of sorts. And I'm not saying like I was born to do NFTs. I think I was, 
I think I have an affinity for creativity. And that's what I think a lot of profile picture communities and stuff are. It's just like, you need to have creativity. You need to understand, um, you know, people and, and kind of what makes them tick. So I just realized like, yeah, like I'm, this is natural. This is fun. It's fun for me. Like I like waking up. I woke up at 6am to do this thing. I jumped out of bed. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to talk to you. Like, I want to hang out. Like it's, it's fun. So I think that's why, I think that's why I keep doing it. I think that's why we've had like, like I have had a level of success, obviously like 95% of it is because of, I've been lucky enough to have such a great community, but yeah, that's how I kind of got here. It was like, I, I was fucking around doing whatever, whatever the path was. And then I was able to be lucky enough to see this side of, I guess, what's possible and then have the balls to just take the plunge and, and do it. Yeah, I get that. I mean, obviously, it's a lot. I want. I, I don't want to say easier because uh, that would make it sound as if I'm saying it's easy, right? But if you have that affinity for it, it's gonna make it a lot more pleasant. But on that same like line, you you mentioned earlier like the complications in terms of like mental health and handling all of these things, right? And so, unless this is too personal, right? Because obviously, um, how did you like kind of handle those issues of? Because at the end of the day, you do, you are a founder. You have the pressure of the people who are like, "Oh, do this, do that, floor price, all that," um, whether legitimate or not. Like, was that hard for you? How was that, like that novelty, I guess, of responsibility in a sense? Um, I th- so it can get stressful if you listen to like every bit of noise. I think. I think you need to be able to, um, okay. So there's a whole, I could write a fucking book about this. Cause like I, I've kind of gone on the extreme of like, just work, 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 work forever. And then like, if you don't, you're a fucking loser. You got to grind or you're going to die. Um, and then kind of finding a balance where like, well, actually I kind of care about my in real life relationships and they don't really care about my cartoons. So I need to be present in the moment. <laughs> and like, I've had to learn a lot of stuff about like task management versus time management and, and prioritizing it and using a fucking calendar, for example, which I never did until like I started doing this stuff. <laughs> um, so I think I'll, that's almost like a, a whole other vertical of, of discussion. But I will say on the pressure of being a founder i think you need to try and say like if you just work 24 hours a day seven days a week you will burn out and you're not doing anyone a favor in fact you're performing less and like i said i was at my best when i launched the project in 2021 because i was a very well-rounded person i was was living my life i had hobbies i was i was fulfilled right to an extent i was able to bring that energy into my work if I, if you just become like focus on your work and and you have that scarcity of like oh everything's gonna like I, I, if I don't do this today it's gonna fucking you know ruin everyone's life, um that fear shows in the way you move and, and the way you do things. Um, much more recently, I've made the switch back to like trying to actually round out other parts of my life and spend more time with people, make sure that I'm almost working a nine to five. Like it never really works like that, but trying to like time box myself when you work for yourself. <laughs> you have to force yourself to be like, you know, set boundaries because it's very easy to slip into, well, I'll just work all the time, um, which is exhausting. And it doesn't help you because then you start to resent your work. Um, So yeah, I think setting boundaries of like, I'm going to work from this time to this time. And then when I'm not working, I'm not working. Like I am actually 
at dinner with my friend and not looking at my phone or I'm actually hanging out with family or I'm doing stuff for people in my life who need me um, and my work is not more important than whatever they need me to do. I don't care if there's like, you know, a hundred grand on the line, I need to be there um, and not thinking about charts. And like that transition was really important for me and has been super fun. Um, and when it comes to like, as a founder dealing with the pressure, it's just, it kind of comes with the territory. Not everyone's cut out for it. I think you need to have an element of like, I don't really give a fuck what people think while at the same time having the ability to give a fuck about what people think. So the way I deal with it is like trying to cut noise and, and finding signals. So there's a lot of people telling you what they think you should do. Um, I typically just try to, I try to treat every piece of feedback as valid and I give it its time in my brain to think about, is this important? Does this actually matter? And then I'm very, very decisive with sorting it into, okay, this matters or, okay, this is bullshit. And once it's in the bullshit pile, I just kind of stop listening. And I'm like, okay, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, they're obviously like just emotional in their bags or whatever. Um, and I don't need to give a shit about this feedback. But there are people who hit me up with feedback and they might be bang on. They might be absolutely right. And they'll and I need to be able to be flexible and adapt that. So I got a DM yesterday from one of our community members kind of kind of flaming me for like parts of my strategy and I could have gotten defensive. Um, I could have been like, well, fuck you. Where's your project, right? Um, or like, where's your numbers on the board? But instead, I, I, I actually took a second and I was like, yeah, this guy is kind of speaking facts. Like, and he cares enough to have messaged me about it. So let me think about it. And I did. And, I, and it gave me a lot of ideas because I was open to receiving that feedback. So it's just a matter of cutting the signal out from the noise. And there is a fuckload of noise. Like I have muted so many people. So many people are muted. My Twitter experience is completely different. Like, because I've just muted a bunch of bitches who do nothing but complain all day. Um, it's just, man. Like, yeah, Ceylon knows. Like, we talk about these people. We laugh about them all the time. Oh, boy. Like, yeah, it's just like, muted is like, yeah. Yeah, no, muted and blocked sometimes. But, like, usually just muted because I don't want to give them the satisfaction. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just muted is like the alpha. Yeah, dude. Like they just wake up and they complain, and I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere near you. You're a fucking miserable loser. Um, so yeah, cutting out those people, cutting out the perma perma complainers, um, and understanding that the user just emotional, like treating them like fucking toddlers, treating them like actual children who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, makes it easier. Yeah, I mean the, the whole muted thing is is funny to me because it's the thing that I've never used. I'd maybe because no I'm an way. idiot, but no way. I've ne I, I haven't muted or blocked anyone. What? No, I, I really haven't. You're just raw dogging Twitter, man. You're just like going I, in there every day. I feel like I just don't. I don't know. I like my feed is decent, you know. Wow. So I I don't I don't know. It's maybe I'm an idiot, but I've never used it. And then I hear people talk about it, and it's people like Ice or people like you or people that have like enough of a following and follow enough of people to actually get into that negativity but they i think a bunch of people just don't know they're muted because you don't get to know that and it's yeah i don't know it's funny to me it's uh yeah i mean i don't know what to tell you if you uh if you if you don't need it you don't need it you know what i mean so congrats to you uh, i don't know i just don't follow that many people at the end of the day i don't follow people i follow i appreciate but it's Twitter. It's a bit of a mess at the end of the day, right? Um, 
I mean, to off to another topic, right? Because setting boundaries and being able to do the things that you actually like doing when you're outside of uh, outside of the crypto kind of space. So, what are those things? Like interacting with family and the relationships. Um, that what else? Uh, just training, like actual development of my artistic skill, like just drawing for the sake of drawing and not for like project stuff. So, you know, like actually continuing to do what makes me happy. Um, I've recently decided to get better at um, DJing as well. I thought that was super fun to do. So I've got this controller just to fuck around on the side. Boxing, like just which falls into the fitness thing. Like I did a lot of boxing before. Like I got pretty decent at like sparring and stuff. And I went to have like my first actual amateur fight. Then I got injured and obviously all this stuff happened. So I took that off. So just focusing on my physical, um, focusing on everything else, right? Like getting fucking sunlight, cooking food, like just living a life um, because it's so easy to get sucked into like, I need to do this all day, every day. If I'm not grinding, if I'm not building in this space every day for the community as a builder, then like we're all going to fucking die, which is just not true. Like it is like, it, it is definitely a marathon and not like a sprint forever until you die. And I think the people who say that it is, you can, you can see them burn out and you can see that the passion in their work completely like evaporate. So, and you also miss out a lot of inspiration. So you need, uh, you need to allocate time to think, you need to allocate time to, to let ideas develop and let your, you know, mind wander and all this shit. So yeah, all that shit. Like it's, it's just like living a normal life to be honest. So I like boxing. I like drawing. I have, I bought all these cool new books to like, learn how to draw better and you know you're never really done so hopefully you'll see some cool work um soon but yeah that type of stuff i have to i have to warn you that i do need to bail quite soon so maybe like we'll have like one more one more question sorry okay okay i have to like i have to pick that one well then because i had a couple extra notes shit um, okay now we'll, we'll maybe <laughs> like a rapid fire round or something i do ramble a bit yeah. so i apologize for that okay rapid fire um so you managed to enjoy art while still working on art for like professionally, right? You know, it doesn't lose the enjoyment. Nope. I love it. Okay. Um, if, if someone wants me to do something that I don't like, I just say no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you still do commissions, right? I do do commissions and I have to try to do those work. Uh, someone asks me that they want something done. I tell them how much I charge. They stop replying to me. Um, and then that's basically it. Like, like somewhat like I, I have, I have to charge like an, uh, an above average amount. Well, I would consider it fair because I, I, I spend a lot of time working. Um, and the people who want it, like they, they want it and they're willing to like pay. And then I love working with them because they're typically way more chill about, like they understand my position. They just want art from me. Um, and it works out. So I think a lot of artists struggle with this. They have like a, a very, scarce mindset they're not willing to charge what they're worth um specifically people who know nothing about nfts i've seen amazing artists and they just don't like they, they're fucking selling work for like 50 bucks a pop on fucking twitter like what the fuck is wrong with you You're like a world-class artist anyways i'm rambling again but yeah commissions are basically if you want something from me you message me i tell you how much it's going to cost um you tell me if you're willing to do that or if like you know we just negotiate and you tell me like whatever and then i just make it for you when i have when I have like the time and I tell you, I communicate those timelines to you. So that's another thing that's important to me because, because I'm in, I wear so many hats 
like I I am Bunjil the trader, I am Bunjil the founder, I am Bunjil the artist, I am Bunjil the, you know, I don't know, shit poster, all these things. And I am all these things on top of my work. Like I'm not, I am not just like, I'm not Bunjil Lotus Gang, the way Frank is Frank D gods, right? Like he doesn't really do anything else. Um, which could be buried, could be bullish. I think it's very bullish. I think it's like I think it's great that I have like a life and I have things that I do that are beyond just this because it brings so much inspiration to this and so much creativity to this. Um, so yeah, it's important to me that Bunjil, the artist, has his own thread and his own life and his own you know commissions and passion. So yeah, I try to I try to do commissions wherever possible. I also do a lot of like consulting type work for people sometimes for free, right? Just tell them like, Hey, if you're making this PFP, they come to me and they ask me for help with like PFPs. So a lot of projects do that. Okay. And so to continue on the rapid fire in short, if you really had to do it in like a concise way, what would you say is like your objective of an impact or legacy you want to leave just in general, not even just crypto, just the legacy you want to leave in a sentence. Me personally, like as Bunjil? As Bunjil, yeah. I don't really know. I've really thought about this. I would just want people to enjoy, I guess, what, anything I put out. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd, want, I'd want it to be like, I'd want people to feel like if I wasn't there, they'd be like, damn, this is kind of like, not as fun anymore maybe i don't know i haven't really thought about it like i just i just want to have fun i like <laughs> i just want to have fun i want to have fun i want people to have fun and make money and be like wow like i'm glad i was following that guy or bought into that guy's projects um or you know interacted with him because i either had a lot of fun or i made a lot of money that's that's pretty much it or i learned something or changed something about my life okay Fair enough. Well, on that note, I'll let you get to uh, whatever you have to do. Um, thanks a lot for being here. Thanks a lot for making the time this early. Um, yeah. Um, typically, I like the, you have this one moment to shout anything out, whether it's, you know, Lily or a lesson, anything you want to shout out, go for it. Um, shout out Pedro for being patient enough to, you know, <laughs> like, telling me about this show for months and then I finally come and do it. Shout out Lily and Lotus Holders. Uh, it's a bit, We're about to fucking eat. I know coins look scary right now, but that's actually a good thing for cartoons. And what we have in the pipe is genuinely fucking exciting. And, I, and it might not even sound like it because it's just early in the morning, but I am fucking excited about it. And once once we get the stuff on the road, you know, hopefully the vision, the vision comes to life where everything I described where I want Lily and Lotus to be we can fucking make that together. So yeah, shout out to the holders, shout out for their patience. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's that. Shout out everyone. Shout out, shout out to the world, man. I just love you guys. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. Um, for everyone listening, you can claim the red square. It's totally orange by the way, Fuck but you. the red square, <laughs> you know, your hex code, right? Yep. See the blue background that I have. Yep. Same hex code. Just swift swapped around. Oh there you go. The more you know. Because I, I was I'd read your your branding thing and I was like, I'll just take it but blue. Wow. 
that's that's pretty creative that's some good lore right there uh, yeah it's, it's like oh yeah cool the creativity was definitely not there anyways um yeah uh tuesdays thursdays um do it here uh thanks a lot for being here thanks a lot everyone for listening and um and usually i end it with lo-fi except that my sound pad is broken because my whole pc died yesterday so we're gonna have to cut it off in a very awkward way all right dude thank you so much <laughs> thanks a lot enjoy your day man thank you you too bye see you i'm gonna buy more lily bye